Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Decapitation. I'm your host. Well, last week was fun. It seems to me that in order to come together as a country, as a people, we're going to have to embrace unity. Unity with tossing all the cult members into a thunderdome and letting them eat each other. Whatever. Congrats to Kamala Harris, an old white guy, for replacing old racist, rapey white guy. We are better for it, but we're still a long way from enacting real change. But this isn't a political podcast. Not today, at least. Today is a podcast about antiquated forms of entertainment, as my guest today will enlighten us. My first and only guest today is John, affectionately Hex Carter. John is the former mayor candidate of Orange County, Florida, and is seven foot two. And has a freezer in his office. John. One of those is accurate, and it's not the freezer. Hi, I'm Hex. Welcome. Uh, for listeners, John and I have known each other a long, long time. Uh, probably about 60 years in, <laughs> just based on this year alone. Go oh God. How many things <laughs> added to it? If that's so the yardstick, then yes, yes. <laughs> so we don't really have an agenda uh why would we have an agenda we've never had an agenda i've seen john at his busiest i've seen john at his slowest uh he's a very passionate uh wonderful man and he owns a lot of laser discs and i'd love to hear about that (laughs) okay okay (laughs) so uh i for those that are listening in and go, what the hell is a Laserdisc? Because that there are people that don't know. Uh, Laserdisc uh, was an element of the format wars from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, where they didn't know what was going to be the actual format that all media was going to be on. And at the time, like nowadays, yeah, it's Blu-ray, it's digital. But back then, uh, it was kind of between Betamax, VHS, and Laserdisc. Laserdisc being the uh, forerunner to DVD and CD. Uh, if you don't know what it looks like, it, imagine a DVD the size of a vinyl record. I and, love them. And the weight of like, I mean, how much do they weigh each? Those, those things? They're not too much, but I mean, it's like it's you take a, take a stack of five vinyl, <laughs> and that's one laser disc. <laughs> So I was pulling out the, some of my vinyl the other day, and I came across a laser disc that I had bought for you. It's a, a Lady Hawk one that I had picked. Oh, up. cool, Lady Hawk! Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I did. I was like, "This is a laser disc," because just just by the weight of it, I didn't even look. Oh at yeah, the you know the cover. So no, I, so the first time, the first time I actually bought a laser disc, I was at a thrift store, and I was rummaging through what I thought was vinyl, and I came across. A Street Fighter, the movie, I'm like, oh, wow, they have this on soundtrack? And I lift it up like, this is too heavy to be vinyl. <gasps> it's a laser disc. <laughs> I was so excited. So is that what, what got you started in collecting laser discs? Actually, yes. So that then I purchased Street Fighter the movie and Congo, each on Laserdisc. And back in the day, I used to be on another podcast uh called nerdy show and we would have movie marathons and we were having a tim curry movie marathon and the other uh host at the time cat 
she had a Laserdisc player. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, if we're doing um, Tim Curry movies and I got Congo, I got to bring Congo and see if we can watch it at Laserdisc. And it was night and like we were mainly watching them on DVD. And so seeing the the quality jump between watching something else, uh, I think Rocky Horror on DVD and then seeing Congo on Laserdisc was shocking. Uh, and I'm like, okay, this is really good quality. And then it clicked in my head. Wait a second. The only way I'm ever going to get a high res quality version of theatrical release Star Wars is actually going to be on Laserdisc because they're not. You're never going to have that original theatrical release on Blu-ray or anything like that or digital. And starting VHS forward, everything for Star Wars was the special edition. And that that was what really clinched it. So you have you been able to find those? Yeah, I actually own two copies of Star Wars on Laserdisc. Uh, I got a big box version of all of them, as well as each one individually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, how hard is it to find these things to 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 buy them and like what? I mean, what's the most you've paid? You think for a Laserdisc? Ah, oh, I paid way too much for this one. Um, <laughs> it's called Night Flyer. It's based off a Stephen King short story. And um, it, it stars Miguel Ferrer, who's an amazing actor on his own. Um, but it's a, it's not, the, it was a made for TV movie. So it's not that good. And it came out after certain, so after 1995, most. Movies stopped being produced in on Laserdisc in the United States on onward. So this came out like 97, 98. So this is actually a Japanese release <laughs> of the TV made for movie Night Flyer that I paid like 120 bucks for on eBay. And I don't really regret it because it's not a bad movie, but I do regret paying that much for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's the most I paid. Um, yeah, where's your uh, but where's, yeah. your, where's your collection stand now? How, how, what do you got? I mean, how, uh, I I have close to three hundred laser discs at this point, um, and that's not including like sets, like all of the mini series. The stand I have is, is one, and that's like three or four discs, as well as uh, Lonesome Dove. <laughs> I have that mini series, and that I know is four laser discs. Um, and then there's also movies that are long, like, um, a few of them are double, double length, like, uh, uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world that is also like, comes in a small box. Um, but most are, are single disc. So let me ask you this. Cause when I, when I found out you collected laser disc, I was like, oh, that's very unique. I mean, <laughs> a lot, a, I mean, not in a bad way. I mean, just in a, in a different way, right? Cause a lot of us collect vinyl, a lot of us, you know, but vinyl saw a resurgence, right? So right. it's right. A, a great resurgence, especially with our generation, with Generation X, because we grew up with at the kind of cusp of vinyl and tapes and CDs. And and then, you know, it saw a resurgence and people started uh, uh, producing new vinyl. Bands started releasing new stuff on vinyl. And nowadays, you know, I buy the new Run the Jewels album on vinyl and that kind of thing. Do you see that coming for Laserdisc at all? Or do you feel oh. like you're alone in this world? So 
I know I'm not alone in this world. There is a very surprisingly large and active Laserdisc community, but uh, there will never be a resurgence, mainly because you would have to build a, a dedicated factory <laughs> for, build it, for, for producing Laserdisc films. And that's just not going to happen. It is too pricey. Uh, part of the reason the, the the media died is because it was too expensive to produce, uh, which jacked up the price for uh, basically the cost of entry uh, into into the medium. So uh, when it came down to it, what were people willing to pay for? Well, people in the suburbs and fancy people, they were willing to get the laser player for, for a couple hundred dollars and each movie for like 20 or 30 bucks. But everyone else was like, well, I could go to VHS. I can get a movie for five bucks. And then I can also have blank movies and record movies off of TV. So why on earth would I also want to get a Laserdisc if my TV isn't even good enough to get the full quality that were, um, that, that Laserdisc provides, right? Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense. Some money is the driver for for that kind of thing, records are fairly cheap to produce and can be pressed fairly easily. Independent bands do them all the time. It would be really tough for an independent filmmaker, I guess, to press Laserdisc because it's actually virtually impossible, apparently. Um, so I don't know if your friends are familiar with the band The Proto Men, um, but I uh, am friends with them. And uh, one of their uh, members... Uh, is also a massive pro uh, laserdisc fanboy, and so he actually for for one of their projects that he looked into, would it even be possible to press one of their projects onto laserdisc? And it was him who reported back to me, "No, it's not possible." Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So I wish I wish it was something where uh, it was financially accessible but it's not um but uh I, and i know it's ridiculous primarily because i'm on my third laser disc player right now the first two have crapped out on me <laughs> and they're not they're not, it's not something that's easy to uh, fix because you don't have a whole wealth of people that understand laser disc technology out there uh for repairmen um and so basically what you have to do then is just purchase a new Laserdisc player and then usually on eBay for a good one, if you want it to actually work, is going to be around 200 bucks. That's before shipping. Um, and then it's a crapshoot on once it arrives, did it get ruined in the shipping? <laughs> that is, that's a level of, of strange dedication, I got to say. I mean, you, if, you, if you were into like VHS tapes, they still sell VCRs. You can buy a brand new VCR at like Walmart online for like 15 bucks or something. Oh, more than that. There's also people that know how to fix a VCR. Yeah. Like that exists. No, like if your, your Laserdisc player dies, it's dead. Um, and there's also this, inter another interesting element of players. There are those that automatically flip the disc because you have to flip the disc. It has a side one and a side two. So you either have to flip the manually flip the disc or have the the player flip it for you. The first two players I had were automatic flippers and that's where they died. That extra complexity of the mechanism inside and they just ran out of steam or whatever. The one I have now, which is a manual flipper, 
uh, where after in the middle of the movie, it just stops. You get up, you walk over, you eject the disc, flip it over, close it, <laughs> and keep watching the movie. Like that guy's going to keep going forever. It feels like. Uh, could you imagine how many discs Lord of the Rings trilogy would be? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I, I have a DVD set. I think it's like eight discs just for the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. I don't think the compression rates aren't enough or something. But, I, I mean, do you think that if more people were into this, that it would find viability as as a future collectible? As, as Not just future collectible, but as, you know, to, to be able to see that... I know it's expensive and they have to make, make new players, but if enough people got into it, wouldn't that justify that kind of market decision? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and the big matter, the so Laserdisc is superior to DVD and VHS and everything else below it in quality. But the moment you get to Blu-ray and 4K and digital, that quality is superior to Laserdisc. Like, I, I will not sit here and go, oh, yeah, Laserdisc is the best format there is. Ever. No, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not. I haven't drunk the Kool Aid that much. Okay, I know. Be one of those guys. All right. No, no, no. I know that if I really want to hike, like if I like, I love John Carpenter's The Thing. So I will gladly have a actual copy of it on Blu-ray next to my Laserdisc copy. That way, I can like, if I really want to like enjoy a high quality version of it, I cannot kick that in the PS4, or PS5, or whatever I have. I don't even know anymore. Um, we don't have a PS5, for, not yet. Okay, so PS4. I don't. Uh, my mind's in Laserdisc land. So, <laughs> but if I want kind of like that extra grittiness to it, like because it's still good quality, but there is that kind of like occasional jumps and snow and whatnot. Um, I'll go for the Laserdisc. Yeah, I feel the same way about about vinyl. You know, there's certain groups especially from a certain era that sound better subjectively on vinyl uh even though it's not necessarily i mean they might have recorded straight to it sure but and there's a lot of newer groups that also you know you're like hey this would sound good on vinyl um the die hard argument of oh it's meant for this it's meant it has to be listened to on this and I, I, it's really weird when I hear those arguments in regards to cassette tapes because nothing was meant to be heard <laughs> tapes. Right. Um, but that argument still exists for cassette tapes, and there's been an argument for resurgence there, and I'm glad it's really not taken off too much. Um, yeah, I've seen that, and I'm so weirded out by that. I don't understand it. But it, It's cute. It's more like a nostalgic thing, I think, with those, um, with cassette tapes. You know, I know that um, I the only cassette tape I have – okay, that's going to be a lie. I have a full box of cassette tapes. But it's all stuff that I recorded from the radio. The only cassette tape that I have from an artist is Dr. Ock sent out cassette tapes with one of his Kickstarters. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's the only cassette tape that I have. Um, Other than that, no cassette tapes. And I just had a notification go off. I thought I muted all those. So that's going to be on the podcast. Cool, cool. Uh, on the topic of cassettes, I have one cassette, and it's because it has a song I could not get physically anywhere else. Uh, my favorite band is Oingo Boingo, this uh, band from the 80s, for those that don't know. Danny Elfman, the composer, he used to have a band in the 80s. It was Oingo Boingo. Go look them up. Um, but he has this one song called uh, Helpless that I heard on the Farewell concert. And I was like, I need to get this song. And I hunted it down for like a decade until I finally found out it was only on a cassette version of an album. And so once again, eBay to the rescue, I was able to pick up that album. And that is the one cassette I own. 
you couldn't find that song on a torrent site or something? I wanted the physical copy, man. I'm a physical copy guy. I mean, I appreciate oh. that with my, you know, uh, ceiling to floor stack of books. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But also, so um, part of the reason I'm also hardcore into supporting physical media over digital, um, Amazon just last month, I have a healthy copy a collection of uh, digital movies through Amazon because I got an Amazon Fire and all that jazz. Uh, but um, they said that just because you quote unquote own a movie, a digital movie, doesn't mean you own it. They still own it. They could take away that right at any moment. That's part of the deal with Amazon, with anything digital, really. But also, it's like, what happens if, you know, Amazon dies and another company pops up? Well, you don't have those movies anymore. With physical media, well, no one's coming to take my Laserdisc from me. Yeah, and I, I agree with that assessment. I mean, that's the reason why I buy records. I, I buy, uh, uh, totally don't torrent movies at all, ever. Never <laughs> done that in my life. Uh, I think it's... We also have to consider what are we paying for? Are we paying for ownership of that movie? Do when we watch that movie, a lot of people watch a movie, you know, they might never watch it again. Are we paying for ownership? Are we paying for the entertainment? Are we paying for that time that we're being entertained? And I think the reason why that isn't necessarily concerned to so many people is because they've paid for the time to be entertained and they're not gonna sit there and go, Oh, I wanna own John Wick too. If I don't have right. John Wick two in my library then, you know, my library is invalid or, you know, I want to own that movie. And if they wanted to own it, you buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. I think it's a it's a contract we make when we make digital purchases like that. We kind of already understand that it's, uh, you know, ephemeral. It's not forever. Right. I'm not excusing it. You know, I think if we pay $20 for a film, we should own a digital copy on our computer just like we should own a DVD. Right. But, I don't think if they're if we're buying digital movies, I think that we've already made that concession that we're we know it's temporary. You're you're renting it for several years, but for a finite number of them. Yeah, basically. Hmm. I was sipping coffee. I wasn't having silence. That wasn't silence on a podcast, listeners. That wasn't silence. <laughs> that was coffee. That was that was subtle coffee sipping. So, so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, one of my best purchases of Laserdisc, I'm just going to throw this out here, uh, for 20 bucks, I was able to get 30 Disney Laserdiscs. And this was back when I was first starting my collection, so it was just a big windfall of amazing movies to get my kid interested in it. So now I have a six-year-old who, for some reason, thinks Laserdisc is normal. <laughs> And I, I love that I we we got Roombas, so we got robots in the house. We got laser disc in the house. I've successfully convinced my kid we live in an '80s future dystopia. Yeah, wait until the kid sees '80s future dystopia movies, and there's a couple things missing. Like I don't know the dystopian part. <laughs> the Plus, cars. Uh, that none of the none of the screen the monitors in the house are CRTs. Hold on, I'll pull one out here for you. Telepathic dogs? No. Oh my gosh! Yes. Do you know that one? Is that a uh, boy and his dog? Boy and his dog. Yep. Yeah. Nobody knows that movie. That's great. It's Get that movie. one on Laserdisc. Find that oh, one. Man. It's it's all. I mean, there are so many movies that are on my list. Um, the it's it's difficult to pick and choose, but it's also 
Uh, sometimes I just cruise. So basically, the main place I go for to purchase new Laserdiscs is eBay. And my kind of like rule of thumb is if I can get the movie and I want it and it's less than $10, including shipping, I'm, I will probably get it if I don't already have it. Um, and I've gotten a, a lot of movies that I probably shouldn't have that way. <laughs> so, so for filmophiles, for people who really enjoy classic movies, and I'm going to say classic liberally because obviously they stopped making Laserdisc at a certain point in time, so it's going to be movies before that point in time. <clears throat> um, would you encourage people to get into this format to become collectors? I mean, with the realization that what year did you say they stopped making Laserdiscs? 95? So mostly, they mostly stopped making um, laser discs in the West uh, United States in 1995. They continued for a little bit, so you there's a hit or miss chance that you'll get a film between 95 and 2001. But the very last one was "Bring Out Your Dead," the Martin Scorsese Nicolas Cage film. Great that movie. was the phaser, very, and I want it. I need that movie. That is the very last um, movie that came out on Laserdisc in in the United States. So if it's before that, there's a good chance it's available on Laserdisc. One thing to, so, so to answer your question, it depends. It depends on what kind of films they're into. Um, like if they're more into like schlock, if they love horror, like that's their main genre, but they, and they want to collect kind of like this, this retro um, movie, I recommend they get into VHS instead. And a big reason is a lot of horror film didn't even make it onto Laserdisc. And when they did, it has become such a such an item that there's a demand for that it's now it's expensive. Um, like the copy of Evil Dead I have, I was lucky to get for less than a hundred bucks. Um, so you think more than if they're into more popular films or Oscar winners and you know movies like that, then you know um Dustin Hoffman movies from the 80s, whatever. Oh, absolutely. Like those, because the, if they were an Oscar winner or very popular, they made a whole lot of those. So there's a whole lot floating around in um, in, pop, in, in circulation. So like everyone is going to have a copy of Jurassic Park on Laserdisc because they made so many. And so now it's like you can get one for five bucks on eBay very easily, any time of the day. Um, but the, just this uh, last month, I was trying to find near dark uh the uh relatively like lower like it came out this it's a vampire movie that came out the same year as lost boys so and it's arguably not as good as lost boys so no one paid attention to it and so trying to get that on laserdisc was really difficult and um there are times where it was not available on ebay i had to make a watch for it to finally get it for 30 bucks um but other stuff like hell even toy story you could go on ebay right now find toy story on laserdisc so for for popular movies oscar winners stuff like that it'll be really easy for you to find your favorites cool well i mean maybe this will encourage some young filmophile to get into an antiquated uh format of watching movies on a expensive piece of equipment that cannot be repaired yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's such an odd hobby. It's not one that, like, you get into it just because you you already have that pull for it for whatever reason. This like attracts you. Um, it's not something I recommend for everyone. Um, and 
it's not even something I recommend for someone who like is a film filmophile because there are so many better ways to watch high quality films. <laughs> um, but it's like part of the appeal is like I, I hunt around on eBay. I find, oh, cool. I found Near Dark on Laserdisc. And now I get to wait a few weeks for it to, to receive it in the mail. And that's so thrilling. Like, I don't know why it's so thrilling to get something in the mail, but like when I see like this record sized box, I'm like, oh, it's my movie. <laughs> well, honestly, that's a good enough reason to collect anything. All right. Well, I appreciate the conversation about laser discs and the people appreciate it as well. Um, so that's it. We're out. Buy some laser disc kids. Um, all the links to everything John mentioned will be in the show notes including links to movies you've never heard of and the Proto Men, which is a great band that you all should listen to. And we'll see you next, well, we'll talk to you next week. We're not going to see you. We're never going to see you. My thanks to John Carter for joining me today. Uh, one note, check out LDDB.com. It's a laser disc centric site. John forgot to mention it on the podcast. And mentioned afterwards when I was done recording, so that didn't get mentioned, and now it's getting mentioned. LDDB.com. If you really want to get into laser discs and considering buying and trading laser discs, if you don't, then don't. Uh, check out the show notes for all the movies and shows that he mentioned during the talk, and uh, tune in next week when my guest will be somebody else. <laughs>